Hi guys, I'm Marie. And I'm Maddie. And we are here recording Lost in the Woods. Welcome. Welcome back. So we have our lotuses and our muffin top. I have a Red Bull. Oh, Maddie has a Red Bull. I have a lotus. I don't like lotus. I think it has a weird taste. Yeah, I like it. And it's guava again today, but it does not smell like gasoline. So I think we're in the clear. (laughs) No poisonings today. We have a loose cat in the garage, which is going to cause some issues. But if you saw our story today, you will know she's already been a troublemaker in the bunker. She literally slipped on my muffin. If you saw that video last week or whenever, whenever this We is. don't know what we're recording for right now. Sometime in the future. Sometime but in the near future. But just... Maddie's like doing a video and she like burps in the video and I'm like, Maddie, now you have to re-record that because you just burped in it. And then the cat like slid and like fell off the table. So we had to post it. It was too cute. It was too funny. Yeah. Um, Still waiting for Twitter followers. And not only that, but there will be, if it's me running the social media, it will be lots of Delilah. Great. She's a cute ass cat. She is cute. She just got a new collar. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what I... I'm having a realization about uh, what? recently, actually in the last couple of days, after watching Phoenix and we moved the DVD player up into the living room upstairs. So we've been watching a lot of movies, which I told Maddie, I'm like, Maddie, we don't need the movies. We don't need the DVD player. Everything's on demand now. But or you have Netflix to pay for everything. Why would we some, do it? Some of it. Yeah, you're right. Why would we? We have it free. We could watch it for free. So we're basically watching a Barbie movie today and a preview comes on for a Barbie movie that's coming out in 2006. Which, by the way, I had to explain <laughs> to the five-year-old how DVDs work because she got excited about a preview on the DVD and it was like coming out in 2006. And I was like, well, actually... It's already out. (laughs) But also what I'm realizing is that like 2010 was like 10 years ago. And then like 2000, that's so long ago. Our oldest Barbie movie we have is older than the 14-year-old. Yeah. So we, when Maddie was little, there was only VHS or DVD. So her first batch of movies were actually VHS. And a then, good amount of them. Too bad we got rid of all of them. I know. And then her second batch were DVDs. And so... And I really, really, really liked movies. So for every Christmas, birthday, I got DVDs. I got movies. Yeah, she was really big into the movies. So we now have a ginormous stack. Actually, we have these big white lockers full of DVD movies from back in the day. And we have every every kid's movie that's like worth watching. We do. There's some good ones. We're going to, we've been going through them and feeling nostalgic and making Phoenix watch them. So today we are going to Jasper National Park. And this was a listener recommendation from Helen. Thanks, Helen, for your recommendation. Wait, you said thanks, Helen. <laughs> Did I say it weird? Thanks, Helen. <laughs> you said it like almost sarcastically, like, oh, thanks, I didn't Helen. Mean it. Thank you, Helen. We appreciate you. That sounded now that sounded more sarcastic to me. Thank you, Helen, for recommending this episode. I had never heard of it before. Yeah, I don't know. Never heard of it. Never heard of it either. I don't know what's going on. So it's it's probably a little bit shorter of an episode just because there is not a ton of information on this particular one, but it's a crazy case just the same, and we really wanted to tell you guys about it. So here we go. 
This is the story of 70-year-old Stephanie Stewart, who was working as a wildfire spotter at the Athabasca Lookout Tower when she vanished. So for those of you who have not seen fire towers or fire lookouts or wildfire spotters, whatever you want to call them, we've hiked to many of them. So there's basically two different types. There's the type where you park and you hike miles to get to them. They're usually up high in between mountain ranges or on like mountain ridges so that you can see on both sides. They're open, windowed all around. So Maddie and I have actually hiked to at least 10 of these. We've slept in a couple of them. I think we just posted a picture actually in a fire tower like last week sometime. So there are different kinds. This particular one, the Athabasca Tower, is actually a drive-up tower. So you can actually drive your car straight up to it. Okay. So the tower is about 40 feet high, and it has a cabin attached to it or just below it. So you basically, you climb, the. it's, it's an all-metal one too. We usually find wood ones out here because ours are mostly abandoned. But this particular one is an old metal one. And you climb this metal steep ladder basically straight up to the top of the tower. And they actually have like a harness that you hook yourself onto. So if you slip or fall, you don't die. Cool. Yeah. So it might seem weird that a 70-year-old is climbing to the top of this tower every day to look for fires. But it's really not that strange. So basically, you would go up to the top of the tower you would spend most of your day with binoculars, looking for smoke, looking for fires, very normal, common thing. This actually is a job. This really still happens. <laughs> so about a third of the fires in Alberta, which is in Canada, are spotted this way. And you can actually see pictures of Stephanie, like, hooked into her harness, attached to the the ropes. Like, she seemed very safety conscious in her dealings with this tower. Stephanie actually worked in this tower from April to September. I feel like I could do this job. That's like five months of being in this tower cabin lifestyle. I think I'd be okay with that. I think I could live with that. I'd be fine. I feel like I'd be fine too. A lot of people make a big deal about how this would not be fun, but I actually think I could handle it quite well. I think I'd be fine. I would just bring all my art stuff and do my checks, and when I wasn't doing my checks, I'd just nap or I feel like Maddie paint. might do even better than me at this. <laughs> so Stephanie did work in the tower alone, uh, which is about, it's about 25 miles northeast of Hinton. And about three hours west of Edmonton, which I think is the town that most people will know. Okay, why does why do both of those towns sound like Renton, Hinton, and Edmonton, <laughs> Edmonds? Yeah, they are kind of similar to some uh, Washington names as well. It's cracking me up, actually. So this is crazy. Stephanie had been a fire spotter for eighteen years, thirteen of which were spent at this fire tower. Sign me up. Yep. I'm there. Can I have guests? Hold on. So she loved her time there. She would spend her time tending the garden, doing crafts, knitting, painting, and reading. She had recently climbed Kilimanjaro and had cycled solo across Canada. So this is a very fit 70-year-old. 
Yes. The tower is only three miles from the main road, and you could actually drive up to it, like we said before. You could have visitors. Some fire spotters stayed with their dogs or lived with their spouses or significant others during this time. So you're telling me I could bring my cat with me? Or a human. Yes. <laughs> but how many humans can you really stand for like five months at a time? I mean, I guess they could leave. Well, yeah, you would have to put a time frame on it for yeah, you probably. Probably. All right. Yeah. My friends, you can each spend a month with me. Mom, you're, you can come. Month? That's a long time for you. I could probably spend a month with... But you're talking day and night. Yeah, I think I could... Maybe half a month. (laughs) Start with weekends and see how it goes. See how it goes. And then mom, you can come sometimes, I guess, maybe. Sometimes? (laughs) Shut up. She hit me. Shut up. Domestic abuse. So it does sound like a lot of people stay with other people. It's not surprising that she did it alone. Yeah, I feel like I would probably have to spend most of my time alone. I feel like I would too, yeah. There were, at the time, there were over 120 towers in Alberta. And around that time, about 60% of the fire spotters were women. But a lot of fire spotters, a lot of this type of job is actually being replaced by drones and cameras. So where we live, I don't think there's a lot of actual fire spotters. So I'm not sure... That that's an actual job here. I know there are cabins on Wonderland where I hiked where rangers will take turns spending like you spend a week on a week off like living at the cabin along the trail. And your job is to basically go out and check the trails and make sure that everything's good and you're there if hikers or anyone has an issue because a lot of the trails on Wonderland are way out in the middle of nowhere. So on August 25th, 2006, Stephanie chatted with her daughter, Lori, around 9 p.m. Then on August 26th, so routine checks were required three times a day. And she was usually really good at checking in. Yeah, and I think the first check of the day is like a weather check. Like you check in, you give a weather report, and she failed to check in for this. So the boss started calling her and didn't receive an answer. Yeah, so this was very concerning to her boss. Yeah, he made numerous calls that were answered and then immediately hung up. And then after these calls, the phone was actually just unplugged from the wall. I don't like that. Then he contacted another fire spotter that was nearby and sent him to investigate. Right. And some reports actually say that the boss is the one that went to check. But most of the places I read said it was a nearby fire spotter, which makes more sense but yep so you know take it leave it whatever you think sounds better in your brain for this story boss another fire spotter you get to choose yeah all you up can to choose. you i don't it think i don't think it matters i don't think it matters yeah. either i okay. think that it's very not important when he got to the tower he found a pot of boiling water and smears of blood on the stairs right so there is literally a pot of water on the stovetop that is boiling and there is so much that i don't like about that uh-uh. No. So Stephanie's Dodge Ram truck was still parked on the site. Still parked there. So she didn't leave. Right. So obviously this is a huge concern. And they report her missing at 9 a.m. That's pretty early. They got. That's pretty early. Immediately an extensive search is done. By ground, by air, and by boat. Thousands of kilometers of land around 
the forest tower were searched. Infrared and all-terrain vehicles were also used. There were also items missing from the cabin. Two pillows with blue covers. Weird. Why are you still in pillows? A burgundy sheet. A Navajo printed duvet. And Stephanie's gold watch was also missing. And there's something about this gold watch that is distinctive, which I think is why it's immediately released to the public that there is a missing watch. They also find a large amount of blood in the cabin. She was probably killed in her sleep and then wrapped in all the bedding and drugged down the stairs, dropped off the tower. She's not in the tower. She's in the cabin. Yeah, but isn't the cabin attached to the tower? Cabin's at the bottom. Tower's totally separate. Wait, then where were... Whoa, 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 wait. All right, so, Mom, you're going to have to find a photo of this to post it because I'm confused. Okay. Of what this looks like. Can I see a photo? Yes. Let me pull it up for you here. And he found the pot... He found the pot in the cabin. Right, so... The she they find the pot and the blood, all of that inside the cabin, which is totally separate from the lookout tower, which sits slightly behind the cabin. Okay, and so it's like a tall structure. Okay. Oh cabin, tower. Gotcha. Okay, so what I was picturing was I was picturing something more like the kind of towers we have here where the, the cabin is inside the top inside of the tower. Inside the top yeah. of the tower. That is what Which my... is why I explained the difference in the beginning. <laughs> when did you explain that? In the beginning. Fuck, I guess I wasn't listening. <laughs> and it bothers okay. me that the police tape is upside down in that photo. I know, it is annoying. I okay, well, we're going to post a photo of the cabin because personally I was confused. I was thinking more like a pill chuck or like a... So in our fire towers, you climb up stairs or a ladder and at the top is a cabin like tower where you sleep and it has everything up in there this is not like that this is a big metal tower you climb a big metal ladder to get up to it there's a tower with open windows and then next to the tower is the cabin that you sleep in and eat in and do all of those things okay gotcha i see I get it now. Mm-hmm. I understand. We'll post a picture of it. I was just confused. I think that's confusing for a lot of people who have different types of cabins where they're at. So police told the media that forensic evidence at the scene led them to believe that foul play was involved. So almost immediately, police are saying, we think there's foul play. Well, her truck is still there. There's blood. There's water boiling. Right, but they're saying, we don't think she was killed by an animal. We don't okay. think she wandered off. We think foul play. She was murdered. However, they declined to give specifics in order to protect the integrity of the investigation. Hmm. So that basically tells me that there's more information or more evidence, but they are not giving all of it to the public. Which I do support that on certain levels. And right now, it doesn't seem like that's causing an issue of them withholding that information. Right. I don't have a problem with that yet. I don't either yet. So Stephanie's daughter, Lori, told the media that her mom is a hell of a person or a hell of a woman. She's very strong. She's very capable. The tower life is her life. Which um, she's a 70-year-old woman who climbs that tower every goddamn day. Yeah, she's a hell of a woman. I know. And Mount Kilimanjaro, she climbed. You're she, kidding. Yeah. I mean, tons of stuff. Hell of a woman? Yeah. Most people can barely walk at 70. So over the years... There are continued searches that happen throughout time, but nothing is ever found. We're now in 2018. A team of about 100 people, including RCMP, which is Royal Canadian Mountain Police. 
love that they call them royal. All their police officers it's are very like Canadian, royal. yeah. It's very, very I like it. I really like it. I like it. it too. Yeah. So also search and rescue was there, including an underwater recovery team are combing the area near the lookout tower. Right. So I think the basic thought here was that new technology and a fresh set of eyes might be able to accomplish something. So they established a command post covering over 7,000 acres. Nope. Hectares? Yes, we talked about hectares before, remember? I'm sorry. So hectar is an area, it's bigger than an acre, but it's basically broken up the same type of way, but it's a bigger area. And they did this over the course of five days. Yep. And they found nothing. Could it have been an animal attack? Yeah, so let's get into theories for a minute. So animal attack, what are your thoughts? The animal stole the pillows and the Answered the phone and hung up. And answered the phone, unplugged the phone. <laughs> Put the pot on the stovetop. My thing is that if there wasn't pillows and blankets missing, maybe it could have been an animal attack. Maybe she left the door ajar. Maybe a cougar got in. Maybe. that's. I feel like that's grasping you at think straws. She <laughs> no, I'm just, I am so trying wait, to cover. So wait, so wait. She puts on her water to boil on the stovetop. She's getting ready for her morning. She's answering the phone and hanging it up a bunch just for fun to mess with her boss. And then she opens the door to maybe check the temperature to see what she should wear that day, leaves it ajar. A mountain lion comes in, murders her, drags her body in the blankets and the pillows out, and then they're in her in the lair with the mountain lion maybe? Listen, listen, listen. I can't. First off, I was saying if the blankets and pillows and the phone didn't happen, I could probably grasp at straws and maybe say a cougar got in somehow and got her. And like drug her out. I feel okay. like it's very unlikely, but also once you add the phone and the blankets and pillows being missing, yeah. I think animal attack right there is ruled out. And I think police immediately ruled that out as well. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I don't think the cougar stole the blankets and pillows. I was saying that maybe, possibly, if maybe that didn't happen. Maybe he needed to redecorate his lair. He just, he, he actually killed her for the pillows and blankets. He wanted those in his, in his cage. That Navajo print was really calling to him. <laughs> he really wanted it. Okay, so could she have gotten lost? I would say no. With, if, when you tie in the rest of the information... No, right? She's worked in this area for 13 years. Not only does she know it really well, but even if nothing was disturbed in the cabin, I think I would still be skeptical about the idea that she got lost. I would claim it as a possibility, but... But what? She left with no... Exactly. ...type of bag, and exactly. she just carried two pillows, a duvet cover, She left a duvet in her blanket. Watch. Yeah. Yeah. So could she have taken off in hopes of starting a new life? I would say no. I think no. She left her truck. Well, not only that, but by all accounts, Stephanie was a healthy, adventurous senior. And liked her life. She was a beloved mother. She loved her job. Like you said, her park was still, or her park, her truck was still parked out in front. So whatever she would have done would have had to have been on foot. Also, bank accounts never touched. Yeah, you guys, there's no way. Some people suggest maybe she wandered off to start a new life. Bull crap! That didn't happen here. I guarantee it. Anyone and who's what? gonna go, anyone who's gonna go start a new life is gonna drain their bank accounts before they do it. Well, and what? Put a pot on the stove to boil for her oatmeal or whatever she's. And then boiling. walk away. Well, and then spread some blood around, and then steal all the sheets, and then walk away. Come on, I can't. 
I can't. No. The next theory is murdered. This is my favorite theory. This is the theory of the police. I think this is the pretty common assumption nowadays. I think that the blankets and pillows are probably missing because she was probably wrapped up in them after her murder. Unfortunately, that's the conclusion that I've come to. That would also be what I would say. I mean, she was definitely murdered and wrapped up in them. And they were like, oh, the pillows got bloody too, so they just threw those in there. Here's my only question mark is, was she murdered that night or was she murdered in the morning? And if she was murdered that night, was there somebody just chilling in the cabin, making themselves some breakfast after disposing of her body? And when the phone calls started to come in, they got nervous and decided they had to take off. No, I think she was killed in the morning. So you think she's the one that started the water boiling? Yeah, I'd like to know how old the blood was. I don't think we know that, actually. That's probably one of those things that they're protecting the integrity of the investigation with. I would need to know the condition or how dry the blood was in order to mm-hmm. determine if they killed her at night or in the morning or whatever happened happened at night or in the morning. But I do feel like it's got to be one of the two. I'm thinking she was killed in the morning. I feel like the water boiling, I feel like the whoever killed her isn't just going to chill in the cabin. Well, it depends. on. I want to know if there were tire marks also. That was never released either. It depends on what their motive was, right? If their motive was robbery, which there's not a lot to steal there, maybe they were looking for money or drugs or something like that. There's signs. There used to be signs that pointed to the tower from the main road. So it would not be hard to find this tower. And they might have thought they could find something to steal there, not even maybe knowing that somebody was actually there. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I just need some more information information now i'm bothered by them withholding the information because now now i need the information that they're withholding to make my decision i knew you would eventually be bothered by it they did have one suspect in this case though travis vader vader his so his name is travis father yes madison because vader is german for father i know madison okay go (laughs) darth is also (laughs) Dark. Okay, Madison. Dark father. Go. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So Travis Vader, a drug addict with a history of with a history of arson. A drug addict with a history of arson. That is quite something there, let me just say. And theft and weapons charges. Yep. So um great guy. Great guy. Bring him home to the family. Um <laughs> So he had been convicted of stealing a vehicle. What you could actually get so much time for stealing a vehicle? I think stealing a vehicle is kind of a strange thing to do, unless you have plans to immediately break it down and sell it for parts or strip it or whatever you do. I'm not a criminal or a car thief. You rarely but, get away with that. Yeah, the car cars are big. They're hard to hide. Pick something smaller to steal. Or if you're going to steal a car, you have to, like, do whatever you need to do to disguise it or to do whatever immediately, which most people don't do who steal cars. He is currently serving time for the murder of Lyle and Marie McCann, who were 78 and 77. Kind of in our age range. Yes. And is not eligible for parole for at least seven years. How is he eligible for parole? So- 
his sentence was a life sentence without being eligible for parole for at least seven years. So I'm sorry, but I don't understand how seven years and a life sentence are anywhere near each other, but that's fine. So he's currently in jail for at least seven years. I don't understand the justice system. He also got a 10-year ban of firearms and a lifetime ban on restricted firearms. So probably specific firearms would be my guess. Here's what he did, you guys. So in July of 2010, the couple, and we're talking about Lyle and Marie McCann here, they left their home in Edmonton in their RV to go camping in British Columbia. Vader was convicted of killing the couple during a robbery. Their bodies have never been found. Their burnt RV was found 13 days after they vanished at a campsite just outside of Edson. They found Marie's blood and Lyle's hat with a bullet hole in it in the RV. Their SUV, which they had been towing in the back of their RV, was found on July 16th, just east of Edson. Vader was identified as a person of interest. It is stated that forensic evidence ties Vader to the SUV. So it actually took two years for them to charge him. And a lot of that is evidence gaining. So there were all sorts of crazy stuff happening. Wiretaps, stings. His sister was involved in something. Weapons were found. That's what I'm saying. If one of my siblings is a murderer, I'm like, you know, I don't know. I just don't have that sense of family. (laughs) No loyalty. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, you, no, you're killing people. That's a little too far for me. It does say that they have forensic evidence on him, but they don't specifically say what it is. Okay. Vader was alleged to be using McCann's cell phone at 2 p.m. on July 3rd. And that's why I'm assuming he was originally identified as a person of interest. At 9.30 a.m. that day, Lyle McCann was captured on surveillance camera at St. Albert Gas Bar while en route to British Columbia. It is thought that the couple was killed that same day near Piers, Alta. It was also reported that a second man was arrested with Vader, but his name was not released, nor were there any charges pending against him. So I'm not sure what that's about. But basically they're saying the couple is seen in the morning of July 3rd on surveillance. By 2 p.m. that day, Vader is using Lyle's cell phone. So they think by 2 p.m. the couple's already dead. So cell phone plus forensic evidence, I would say that's pretty strong. Vader denies any involvement in the couple's death and has not given police any information about where they might be. So frustrating. So, I mean, this one kind of strikes me as maybe a robbery or a crime of opportunity. And maybe the tower was the same, but I'm not really sure. Yeah, I don't know. I think the only real connection here is that the victims are in the same age range. Yeah, same age range. Robbery happened. Maybe. Bodies were never found. Yeah, so, I mean, there are a couple similarities, but if that's all they have on possibly connecting this guy, it's no wonder he hasn't been charged with anything because it's not very tangible. It is also reported that he was in the area when Stephanie disappeared. Suspicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, suspicious. Okay, so the Alberta Union of Provincial Employees have implicated 
multiple safety recommendations that have since been spread through Canada. Things like lockable gates and fences around towers and cabins. So bushes around cabins have been removed for visibility and cabin doors and windows have been fortified. Staff has also been receiving self-defense classes and has been given panic buttons. They also have taken down the signs that point the way to the lookouts. Yeah, so I think all of these are amazing changes. And they say that none of these would have happened if it weren't for this incident. Because this is the first and only employee from a lookout tower that has gone missing that I could find anywhere. So this is a really uncommon occurrence. So safety hasn't necessarily been a huge concern, right? They have their phones for checking in. They have their radios for if they spot smoke or fire. But none of that is the same as a panic button or as having a safer environment. Yeah. Because that was one of the things about this cabin is there were so many bushes in the front that seeing into the windows was a difficult thing. Like visibility wasn't very good. And they did put a lock at the end of this road so that people can't just drive up to it as well which is probably smart. So at the time of her disappearance, Stephanie was five foot two and weighed around 100, 105 pounds. Sounds like Maddie. She had blue eyes and mixed gray auburn hair. If you have any information about Stephanie's disappearance, contact the Royal Canadian Mountain Police. At mounted. Mounted? Mounted, not mountain. That mounted. Was... Mm. They're the horsey ones. That's why it's Mounted. <laughs> Why are you laughing? It's real. I held my hands out like I had like like reins for a horse. She said, it's the horsey ones. And, and I might have like trotted up and down a little bit too. It's fine. It's fine. Go. That's why I'm laughing at Go. you. Okay. Okay. Royal Canadian Mounted Police at 780-865-2455. Also, you guys, there is still a $20,000 reward for information that solves the mystery of what happened to Stephanie. You can also contact Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-TIPS or 1-800-222-8477. Well, that's the case of Stephanie. That's the case of the Jasper National Park and the Althabasca, I hope we're saying that right, Lookout Tower. Let us know, Canadians. Yeah, please let us know. We probably... Like a lot of these words seem really straightforward to me. The names of but they're probably not towns and uh, yeah, but they're probably totally wrong. Now that you say that, I'm like, oh great! Now we're gonna get feedback that we said everything wrong. The Canadians are nice though; they're not gonna be mean. Oh yeah, go full Canadian on us. And it's my, still my favorite, still our favorite, favorite thing. So, if so you, in case you've missed yeah. it, because this was a really long time ago in our episodes. So if you go back to one of our episodes that has Canadians in it, really oh. early on. Which was it the Appalachian Trail one? No. No. What was it? Don't know. The one guy was stabbed yep. through yep. the tent. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. But what happened was she dealt with the unsub in the case, the murderer. She saw him dealt Very with Very unstable too. Very unstable man dealt with him. And she described what she did as going full Canadian on him. Which we were told by one of our Canadian listeners that that means like killing them with kindness and that it's a real thing. And we love that. And then when I told my old coworker who's Canadian about it, she was like, dude, I'm using that for now on. That is what I'm going to call it is going full Canadian. It wasn't Blood Mountain. That was the 
the other one. Still my favorite term. I love it. I, I think love it, that. it was murder on the Appalachian Trail. It was like episode eight. So it was like way back way in back. the day. But and that's the one where James Jordan, who named himself Sovereign, mm-hmm. right? He went just crazy. Which I just hate. But yeah, so let us know what you guys think of this case. Let us know what your theories of it are. Again, sorry it's so short. I know it it's not one of our longer ones, but I think our last few episodes have been even like extra than normal or longer than normal. So hopefully this kind of makes up for it. Also, we hope that all of our Patreons got their stickers and their Christmas cards. Let us know. Please, 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 please let us know. And we plan on doing some other like Patreon send outs too. So you won't. And you can still get your Christmas card. So on Monday. Okay, so this episode will come out on the 21st. So we won't have an episode next week because it's the last week of the month and it's Christmas. Okay, so we might be taking the next two weeks off for Christmas and for New Year's, but we're going to try to throw in a mini episode in there for you guys as well. Yeah. So don't fret. If you feel like you need something else to listen to, just go and binge on our Patreon. We will get you hooked up there. And you get stickers and a Christmas card. We also have two new Patreons. Yes. And we may or may not have already said your name on another episode. We kind of lost track. But we have... We don't know what's happening. We have Mary Frazier. Hi, Mary. And thanks for joining our Patreon. And we have Christina Wiza. I honestly can't even read off of that. Wiza? Gray. The gray on the, the black on the gray. I can't read off of I can't read that. <laughs> Maddie can't read my spreadsheet. It's W-E-Z-A. Anyway, <laughs> thank you so much, you guys. And Christina, I did write your name with an H on one of your cards, but I fixed it before I sent it out. So fret not but I did want to put an H on your name but thank you so much we really really appreciate your support and all of our current Patreons you guys are amazing join there's a lot there's a lot of content on there for you to listen to you're not going to get bored I know our last episode that we just did too was the um it was the case of JC Dugard and she was abducted at the age of 11 and held captive for 18 years having two children while in captivity crazy it's a crazy crazy case you should definitely go check it out but on another note that's not to patreon related they solved the zodiac killers oh my gosh message. how have we not talked about this yet okay so i've had multiple listeners send me the link to this thank you you guys for making sure that i am like up on my crime and what's really sad is i had like Four people that I personally know also send me it. So apparently this just seems like something that I should know about. <laughs> Here is the article. This is crazy. Zodiac killer cipher cracked after being mailed to San Francisco newspaper 51 years ago. Can you guys believe it's been 51 effing years? Can we also talk about how the Zodiac killer's never, ever, ever been caught? Yeah. Crazy. So if you don't know who the notorious Zodiac killer is. You live under a rock, and I feel like I shouldn't even explain <laughs> it to you because who doesn't know what who the Zodiac he killer is? He operated in the 1960s and 70s, and he was really big on communicating with the media. The media. And with police, he made himself a logo. 
He took responsibility for the things he did. So a code-breaking team with members of U.S., Australia, and Belgium claims that it cracked the decades-long mystery and reported its breakthrough to the FBI. The San Francisco Chronicle reported on Friday, the FBI is aware that the cipher attributed to the Zodiac killer was recently solved by private citizens. FBI San Francisco spokesman Cameron Rogers said in a statement to Fox News, the Zodiac killer case remains an ongoing investigation for the FBI, San Francisco Division, and our local law enforcement partners. He added that the Zodiac killer terrorized multiple communities across Northern California and even Though decades have gone by, we still continue to seek justice for the victims of these brutal crimes. They will not be commenting further, though, due to this being an open investigation. So one of the things that it does say that they do say came out of it, or expert code breaker and team member David Oranchek, Oranchek, I don't know. Let me know, David, if you're listening. Uh, He said that the ciphers text includes... I hope you are having lots of fun trying to catch me. I'm not afraid of the gas chamber because it will send me to paradise all the sooner because I now have enough slaves to work for me. Like that. If Spencer Reed was a real person, he would have been able to solve it years ago. I agree. So last weekend, the team solved the 340, which is, it has 340 characters, which is why it's called the 340. And then they submitted it to the FBI They confirm the solution is no joke. This is the real deal. And the Zodiac Killer is responsible for killing five people in San Francisco. So this is crazy if they actually did solve it. It does say, though, that he claimed over 37 victims in his bizarre letters to newspapers. And it also says that there's no real clues or information that will lead to his, like, them finding him. Pretty crazy, crazy, though. Pretty crazy, guys. So, yeah, uh, that was our case on Stephanie Stewart. So we really hope that there's closure for her family. It's been so long already. I really hope that somebody can get some information to the police that might help solve this case. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. And if you want to hear our bunker talk on this case come on over to our Patreon and our Bunker Talk on Every Other Case, which is our bias, unedited opinion. opinion. So also good luck if you're listening to that, and we're sorry. All right. Well, we will talk to you guys later. Hopefully everybody has an amazing Christmas and New Year. You guys are amazing, and happy holidays. Thank you. Was she chasing you? (laughs) She's so aggressive in her pursuit. She's like, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. (laughs) So Maddie definitely got her ankles like demolished by her cat who attacked her from under her bed. No, dude. Sorry. This morning, she would literally not let me get dressed. Like, would not let me. Attacking my ankles at every single opportunity. And she bit my ankle and just latched onto it. It was even, so evil. Even funnier, though, is when Phoenix was upset earlier because <laughs> <laughs> she couldn't find her fuzzy socks, I think, was the root cause of her trauma. 
But she's sitting there and she's complaining to me about it. And she's like kind of crying a little bit because something else happened after the sock incident. And all of a sudden she falls to her knees and she goes, no, Delilah, can't you see I'm sad right now? And Delilah's sitting by her cat tree down wiggling like her butt. She's like, ready to, about she's to stalking. attack her. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty funny. So we've been making fun of Phoenix for that all day. She does not think it's funny. Okay. And then when I was sad this morning, I was Delilah's going to attack me. And I was like, can't you see I'm I'm sad? sad? And speaking of problems, I think one of my favorite things in Wonderland is when you guys showed up to your big campsite. And there was like a group of like three people in your big campsite that was meant for all seven of you. And you guys showed up and were like, oh, hey, I think you guys are in my spot. And they're like, no, we're not. (laughs) Well, We're like, can we see your permit? They're like, no. We're like, yeah, you're in our spot. You need to move. They're like, there's other spots. And we're like, not that are big enough for our group. Like, you guys are obviously in the group site, which is specifically assigned on our permit. So get out of our site. And then they took an hour to pack up their stuff and move. Thanks, guys. It was like almost dark, too. And we were super tired. It was a really long day. I wonder if that contributed to my group leaving Wonderland. (laughs) Probably. If you're these people and you're listening to our podcast right now, you're awful. You suck. Stay in your own goddamn campsite that your permit says. Yeah, you can choose any campsite except for the group. So every single campsite has a group site, which is like just a bigger site. It's a bigger area. It usually has its own bathroom. A lot of the campsites are higher up and you have to like kind of hike up to them. So a lot of people, if they think the group site is not going to be occupied, they will take it over because it's usually a nicer site. I get it. I do. However... (laughs) When you're a big group of people, a group of seven, and with- you your permit is specifically for the group site, which was really hard for us to get in the first place. And then there's like three people chilling with like their stuff spread out everywhere in your group site. And it's like almost dark and it's cold and it's supposed to rain all day the next day and everybody's tired. No, you need to move. You need to move. Okay. Next, where are we? You're asleep at 9 p.m., so we're not chatting then. No, I'm definitely... Maddie actually called me last night after I went to bed. She FaceTimed me. I and knew she you guys was like, asleep. Phoenix was in your room. I was asleep. I don't care. So she FaceTimes me, which actually came through, so it worked. She FaceTimes me, and I'm like, hello? And it's like dark. I can't see anything because I don't have my glasses on. And I'm like, what's wrong? And she's like, do you really think it's time for me to get my oil changed already? And I was like, What? And she was like, it says it's time for me to get my oil changed. And I was like, is there something I can help you with right now? I don't know. <laughs> she goes, are you broken down on the side of the road? I was like, no, I'm just pissed off. My car says I need an oil change and I feel like it's not time yet. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Okay. I like it. Can I have a piece of muffin? I had to move the muffin out of Maddie's reach. So that she didn't sit here and make noise with it. Because she's fucking rude. (laughs) Take your bite and give it back. I want a piece of the top. She also eats the good part of the muffin, by the way. I'm left with the edges and she likes the soft middle. Screw you, Maddie. I don't care. (laughs) Okay. Oh. We'll accept. I'll grasp at straws in a second. Thank you. So my sister basically just had to ask the espresso stand for... Three suckers, but two of them needed to be blue 
And if they didn't have blue, then two of exactly the same, but the other one couldn't be blue. <laughs> so that her twin her twin daughters don't fight over the blue suckers. It's what you gotta do. You gotta keep the peace. Yep. <laughs> Tame the monsters. Turning my mic all the way upside down. So yeah, so we're FaceTiming with my sister Hannah right now. Uh, we have recorded like none of our current episode because we keep getting distracted by all sorts of fun stuff going on. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. So the Alberta Union of Provincial Employees. Can you read the term? I can't. <laughs> so the Alberta implemented? Union. Yeah. The Alberta Union of Provincial multiple Employees has implemented multiple safety recommendations that have been spread through Canada. Yeah, Things so you got it. Like Go for it. Gates. Start over. Go for it. <laughs> I just saw a lot of big words. It got Maddie's real like, nervous. There's many big words. Can you read it? <laughs> 